Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. It's, it's funny how we get influenced by things that we see all the time on TV or in movies. And sometimes when you think about heaven, well, maybe the mention of that word really doesn't, doesn't bring something particularly the same for all of us into our minds. And some of you and I might be influenced by our culture and more than what we are reading in our scripture. For you, heaven might be a replica of something that uh, you might have experienced here, like maybe that seventh green at Pebble Beach, you know. Yeah, maybe it'll be something you saw in a museum that was unbelievably beautiful to look at. Maybe it'll be a life experience like the birth of a child or, or a wedding scene or something like that. It might be reminiscent of some kind of a, a high-priced luxury vacation that I know all of you have had an opportunity to experience. But maybe, maybe you don't think about heaven very much at all, really. Maybe, maybe this life might have more than enough busyness to keep your mind occupied. I know that we're all very busy people, but... The reality of an eternity in heaven, well, it can provide an endless peace in times of despair and, and trouble. In heaven, you won't, it's not necessarily going to be you wearing a white robe and, and sitting on a cloud strumming on a golden harp singing old songs that you might know from a hymn, but uh, heaven really isn't about you at all, really. It's about God, 
It's about our spending eternity in his presence. Jesus said to his disciples and to us, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. And that's taken from the book of John. And that's scripture that we can trust, that we will be with him. Let's pray this morning. Father, we know that your scripture holds many, many promises that we can hold true to our hearts. And we thank you this morning for that scripture that we can strengthen our daily walk with you as we read through it. Help us to uh, listen to the words that will be spoken today about heaven and, and uh, about the things that come along with that gift, that, that gift of grace. And Lord, as we uh, marvel about your gift and, and the fact that it just takes nothing but uh, faith in you, Help us to know that you're right with us all the time along the way. Now as we worship together, help us to know that you're here with us with your very presence and lighten our hearts and our spirits. For it's in your name that we ask. Amen. sing that like Flint Citadel usually sings it. Let's get some more gusto. Some other object in the world doesn't have all the gusto. We've got gusto also as we see that second verse. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection it gives me chills. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. It's going to happen when the chosen ones shall gather in their, to their home beyond the skies and the role is caught up yonder I'll be there will you be there are you going to be there don't miss out don't miss out it's going to be a fantastic time here we go Ben Luster for the master from the dawn till setting sun let us tell of all his wondrous love and care that when all of life is over 
and our work is on earth is done, and the rolls go up yonder, I'll be there. Seize the opportunity. Don't let it pass you by. When the rolls go up yonder, I'll be there. Here we go, sir. gone to prepare a place. We assume God will destroy this universe and relocate his children. But why would he? God never denounced his earth, just our mistreatment of it. Besides, he is the God of reclamation, not extermination. He restores, recovers, renews. Expect and look for him to do it again, to renew and reclaim every square inch of what is rightfully his. In the recreation of the world, when the Son of Man will rule gloriously, you who have followed me will also rule. This planet might be destroyed, but destruction need not mean elimination. Our bodies provide a prototype. They will pass away, return to dust. Christ will reverse decomposition with resurrection. The mortal body will put on immortality. Like a mother in labor, nature looks toward her delivery day. We see the birth pangs, floods, volcanoes, earthquakes. We contribute to them, looting the sky, pillaging the soil. God's creation struggles, but not forever. He will purge, cleanse, and reconstruct his cosmos. But nothing compares with God's crowning jewel, the new Jerusalem. God, Christ will descend in a city unlike any the earth has ever seen. I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed as a And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and be their God. Dare we imagine heaven's dramatic reunions? A soldier embracing the sharpshooter who killed him. A daughter seeing her abusive but repentant father and holding him. A son encountering the mother who aborted him. No doubt some will, and when they do, forgiveness will flow. The 
Don't assume we will exhaust our study of God. Endless attributes await us. His grace will increasingly stun, wisdom progressively astound, and perfection ever more sharpen into focus. We serve a God so wrapped with wonders that their viewing requires an eternity. And this is the invitation he gives. When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me wherever I am. Jesus is preparing for you a place. And at the right time, he will come and take you home. Our song is Amazing Grace. Now I think most of you can sing it without even seeing the words on the screen. We've heard it on television, we've heard it on the radio, and now we're going to sing it. And Bandmaster, I have a request this morning. There are four verses, and on the last verse, if we could have one on a part, and then the rest of the band join in in singing that last verse. Okay, here we go. someplace that Major Temple used to be shy. I'd hate to see it if he wasn't shy, wouldn't you? We enjoy, I enjoy you, Major, so I'm just picking. And he's got this, uh, I think his wife got him back in line again. Did she see his face? 
Good job. <laughs> okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna be reading some assorted scripture passages. The different passages are listed on the screen, but I'll be reading them. Rebecca, sit down. Thank you. Come to me when you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me when you are thirsty. Come to the waters and drink. Come to me, you who have no money. Come buy and eat. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the riches of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. Seek me while I may be found. Call on me while I am near. Turn away from your wicked ways and your evil thoughts. Come to me, and I will have mercy on you. Turn to me, and I will freely pardon you. Come to my throne of grace. Come to me with freedom and confidence. By the blood of Jesus, enter the most holy place. Draw near to me with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, cleansed from a guilty conscience and washed with pure water. Come to me, my beloved, for in my presence is fullness of joy, and eternal pleasures are in my right hand. May God bless his word today.
morning. Our meeting hasn't really been themed so much like a Palm Sunday meeting, but it is on this day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem with them, adulation and, and praise from the crowds, and um, the disciples were filled with hope and a sense of excitement. After some very difficult days and many setbacks, it appeared to them that um, things were finally coming together. Things were finally coming to a head. Jesus was a superstar, and this seemed like the perfect time for him to enter Jerusalem and take charge of things. On this day, there was a lot of promise and a lot to be excited about, and they were excited. But we all know how this week ends, don't we? We know the betrayal, the denial, the desertion, and the death. It was, in fact, going to probably be the toughest week the disciples had ever experienced. But today, on Palm Sunday, everything looked so good. Everything looked so promising. It just seems in life that all good things have to come to an end. And the disciples would end the week devastated, dejected, disappointed, their dreams shattered, and their futures uncertain. Have you ever had that experience in your own life? Have you ever found the same to be true in your faith walk? Seriously, has your faith in God through Christ failed to deliver what you thought it would? Were you hoping perhaps that your faith in Christ would somehow make your life easier? That it would keep you from from pain and, and suffering? You know, for most of us, it just doesn't work that way, does it? I know some of your stories. I've talked with you. I know your pains. I know some of your disappointments, your trials and tribulations. So let's just be real. Our faith in Christ does not insulate us from real life. And for some of you, if you're honest this morning, the pains, the difficulties you face come from decisions that you made without regard to your faith. You failed to consult the Lord. You failed to obey his word. And you've reaped the consequences. And they can be rather bitter in life. That's because your faith is only good if you use it. If you live it. And faith only has as much power as the thing or person you're putting your faith in. If you put your faith in religion you'll get what religion can deliver. If you put your faith in science, you'll get what science can deliver. If you put your faith in another person, you'll get whatever that person can deliver. And if you put your faith in your own wisdom, you'll get what your own wisdom delivers. And let me tell you, for some folks, Their faith is more like a superstition. 
They hope that uh, if they give lip service to God and, and have kind of a sentimental trust in him, the big guy upstairs, that um, that's going to see them through life. Sure, they believe he exists, that there is a God. But in, in their day-to-day life, facing our day-to-day challenges, he really is unimportant, more of a distant observer and someone who is convenient to blame when life goes wrong. But I'm, I'm thankful to, th- to say some, on the other hand, have faith to believe that God is exactly who he says he is, the creator, the preserver, and the governor of all things, one who is intimately aware of every thought and every action, one who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, for you and for me. And you have come to trust God with your decisions. You actually consult him. You actually trust him. You examine the scriptures. You consult the Holy Spirit. And after much prayer and searching, you entrust yourself and your decisions. In fact, you entrust your very life to God. And if you do this, you will reap the benefits of a mature faith in God. You will reap what a mature faith in God Delivers, And let me tell you, those benefits are powerful. If we stopped and we had a testimony time, people here could give testimony to the power of, um, of faith, what faith has done in the most difficult circumstances of life. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 reminds us that not everyone who hears the good news of Jesus Christ benefits in the same way. It says there, For indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. You see, faith is the key that unlocks God's power in your life. It is faith that makes John 3.16, that we've been studying for months here, effective in our lives. It's not memorizing it or being able to give a a theological explanation of it. It's acting in faith based upon what God has done for us in Christ. It's by faith that we secure this promise of heaven that we're considering this morning. And Jesus warns us that on the final day, there are going to be those who had every reason to expect that they would be ushered into heaven, but who instead are going to be bitterly disappointed. In Luke chapter 13, verses 23 through 28, Jesus said, You must do your utmost to get through the narrow door, for many, I assure you, will try to do so and will not succeed. Once the master of the house has got up and shut the door, then you may find yourself standing outside and knocking at the door, crying, Lord, please, open the door for us. He will reply to you, I don't know who you are or where you came from. But you will protest. We have had meals with you and have taught in your street. You have taught in our streets. Yet he will say to you, I tell you, I do not know where you have come from. Be off, you scoundrels. At that time, there will be tears and bitter regret. 
to see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets inside the kingdom of God and you yourselves excluded outside. What a terrible picture that paints. Excluded from heaven. And why? Because they don't know Christ. They didn't have a true faith in him, a saving faith. They thought that their casual relationship with him, having dinner with him, having him teach in their streets, they thought this casual relationship would be enough. But they never really and truly trusted in him. Like those joyful, hopeful disciples on Palm Sunday, when times got tough, they failed to really trust Christ, didn't they? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This promises heaven to those who put their trust, their faith in Christ, in his death, and in his resurrection. And I want to assure you this morning that heaven is a very real and very literal place, a place where you will see and recognize loved ones, where you will live and learn, where you will be amazed as God reveals himself to you over the course of eternity, a very real place. Heaven is everything good that you can possibly imagine, and then so much more, so very much more, because what makes heaven heavenly is the presence of God, presence of our Creator, Max Lucado shares this story of heaven in his book, 316. John Todd was, a very, was very young when the deaths of his parents left him orphaned. He was one of several children, and as was common in the early 1800s, he and all his siblings were farmed out to other relatives. An aunt offered to take little John. She sent a servant by the name of Caesar to pick John up and bring her, bring him to her. The boy climbed on the back of the horse, wrapped his small arms around the man, and set out for her house. His questions unveiled his fears. Will she be there? Oh yes, Caesar assured. She'll be there waiting for you. Will I like living with her? My son, you fall into good hands. Will she love me? The servant was patient and soft in his reply. Ah, she has a big heart. Do you think she'll go to bed before we get there? Oh, no. She'll be sure to wait up for you. You'll see when we get out of these woods. You'll see her candle in the window. Sure enough, as they neared the house, John saw a candle in the window and his aunt standing in the doorway. As he shyly approached the porch, She reached down and kissed him and said, Welcome home. Young John Todd grew up in his aunt's care. She was a mother to him. When the time came for him to select a profession, he followed a calling into the pastorate. 
And years later, the role with his aunt was reversed. She sent news of failing health and impending death. Here's what he wrote in reply. My dear aunt, years ago, I left the house of death, not knowing where I was to go, whether anyone cared, whether it was the end of me. The ride was long, but the servant encouraged me. Finally, I arrived to your embrace in a new home. I was expected. I felt safe. You did it all for me. Now it's your turn to go. I'm writing to let you know someone is waiting up. Your room is all ready. The light is on. The door is open. And you are expected. Let me tell you this morning, heaven is real and you are expected. Everyone who believes in Jesus with a saving faith will not perish, but will have eternal life. This means that Jesus is preparing a place for you. He is preparing a place for you. A perfect place of perfected people overseen by our perfect Lord. And at the right time, He's going to come and he's going to take you home. That's his promise. On Friday, I visited with uh, Major Eva Coleman. And she wants me to thank you again for all of the cards and notes and letters and phone calls. I mean, sincerely, you are blessing her. Please continue to to let her know um, how important she is to you. As we visited, we talked about the fact that she is nearing her journey's end, her journey to heaven. And while she very much wants to stay here with her family, she is anticipating a glorious reunion with her loved ones. And she is anticipating seeing her Lord face to face. Isn't that a beautiful thing? As we approach that time in our life, that we can approach it with such faith and peace. Heaven is becoming more real to her. And I know that God has prepared a place for her. And it's almost done. It's almost done. And when he's ready, he's going to come and he's going to take her home and we're going to celebrate that homecoming. But allow me this morning to bring this to a fine point. Because if you don't put yourself in a position to be admitted to heaven like Major Coleman has, it won't matter what heaven's like because you won't be allowed in. It won't matter how beautiful and glorious it is. Jesus can and will prepare a place for us, but we still must choose to put our faith and our lives in his hands, to put our faith in him. I know a lot of things in this world disappoint us. We, we face them on a daily basis. And like those disciples entering Jerusalem with great joy on that first Palm Sunday, we too may face great discouragement, even great setbacks. But if we live by faith, we can know that God has it all under control. He has a plan and He has a purpose in it all. And in the end... He's going to make it all right. Every injustice will be 
would be righted. Every sorrow will be, uh, will be healed. And God very much wants us to anticipate heaven with great joy and with great hope. But you know, he wants us to live our life on this earth in that same way. With faith and joy and hope. Because of Jesus, I know that I have my place reserved in heaven. I know that Jesus is preparing a place for me. And I want you to know there are plenty of room for more sinners like me and like you. And if you know the Savior and you believe in him, here's the promise. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This Palm Sunday, 2009. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you anticipating what God has prepared for you? Are you a person of faith? I mean, daily faith, saving faith. You know what makes heaven heavenly? It's the presence of God fellowship of our loved ones. I encourage you, don't leave this place this morning without putting your full trust in Him. Don't leave this place. We don't know when He's coming, when, when, it, when He's coming for us. So be ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the promise of heaven. Lord, I don't fully understand how people live life and deal with the injustices and the sometimes uh, cruelty of, of this world without a belief that there is some purpose, that there is something that comes after this. And yet, Lord, I know that many people don't have a hope of eternal life. God, I pray that uh, that that hope would be a purifying influence on our lives. Lord, that our um, faith in you would, would give us great joy even when this life is difficult because this life is a temporary experience, but eternity is forever. God, I pray that um, as you have prepared places for every creature, every human being who comes to you in faith that you will also turn out those who don't know you those who have not come to a saving relationship with you and I pray Lord that this morning nobody sitting in this sanctuary would be counted among those who are not prepared and if so Lord if there be anyone God I pray that your Holy Spirit would would just impress upon that person's spirit, the need to to quickly run to your side. God, we look forward to the great reunion that we will all have when we gather together with all the saints in your presence and, and share in that wonderful banquet and go about the activities that you have planned for an eternity. And I, I thank you that we don't have to worry about what all that is. We just know it's good because you've created it. Bless us minister to us and give us great joy, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
And the question is, is your name written there in that book? Who is it? Yes, hallelujah. There's one name written there. Um, there is the book of life, and in that book is written the name of all those who, um, by faith in Christ, are admitted into God's heaven. If your name's not written there, and, and you should know if it is, you should have an assurance in your heart. Now, you shouldn't have to guess. If you have to guess, then, then you need to talk to the Lord and get things right. Because um, all this world's goods mean nothing if your name's not written there. Let's sing the first verse together. Let's sing the third verse about this beautiful city. thank you that you loved us even as sinners so much that you were willing to send your only son to die for our sins so that we could have eternal life and I thank you that when we get to heaven that we'll be able to rejoice with you and see you face to face and sing and shout for the victory be with us as we continue our weeks 
to keep you in mind and to remember the things that you have done for us. We love you. Amen. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's morning worship experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199 Thanks for listening.